Uh, child and adolescent psychotherapist Dr. Coleman Nocter joins us in studio. Um, hello, Coleman. Good to see you. Good to see you too, right? Yeah. Um, you're writing about dyslexia uh, in the paper today. Um, what's what's the, the statistics around dyslexia? Uh, one in ten, they right. reckon. And, and you know, despite so many young people and adults obviously suffering from it, it can be a really lonely journey. You know, I, I think there's an emotional and psychological fallout to that. You know, because we prize academics so much you know and everything is the written exam or the you know presentations which would be difficult for that group I see the fallout of it all the time your children working twice as hard to get half the results and the the column is just about can we be a bit more creative in our curriculum and assessment to include you know other ways of assessing that might play to their strengths it was something I did I'm a university lecturer in Waterford and I set a group uh, to make a podcast instead of doing an assignment you know Uh and it was a real leveler of the playing field you know in terms of some of the the students who might have struggled before just came into it because the talking assessment was a much more, they had time to think about it, they could edit it. There was brilliant. The production level is fabulous. One of the positive side effects of the TikTok generation, I think, you know, yes. that they could really do that. But um, it just got me thinking, you know, we need to really include more kind yeah, because, of versatile assessment for people. Because I've spoken to so many people in their 40s, for example, who were never diagnosed uh, and then when they were diagnosed, they could explain how they behaved in school. Now they're getting the, the diagnosis, but still it's, it's, there's a frustration there, is there? Oh, there is. Yeah. I mean, again, the world is, is, is not built around that. So yeah. even as adults, but um, I think that's what we have got better at is identifying it. Now we need to get better at kind of building the systems around yes. including, okay. you know, I'm just being a bit more diverse and creative around how we assess people. Okay. We said you were coming in and we asked people if they wanted your advice and they do. Um, uh, could I please get advice? I, I have a 13 and a half year old uh, eldest daughter. She has had difficulty making true friends between bullying in school, which has been dealt with, but there remains a backlash as the other students won't befriend her. Although she has friends, in inverted commas, outside of school, she's not in walking distance uh, of them, so mixing is challenging. She does participate in extracurricular activities, but they're all structured. Uh, with COVID, I feel like she missed out on mixing opportunities and playing outside. At this point, I'm unsure if I'm offering her the best advice when it comes to her group of friends. She often feels um, cut off uh, or second best. I urge her to suit herself when the second hand invites come in, uh, but I feel like she's always looking for the best friend connection. I simply feel like she has had a rough start with the experience of making a friend. I may be biased, but believe she's a great kid. However, lately she's moody and tearful. We monitor her internet usage and she talks to me regularly. We have a close relationship. The bottom line is I'm worried about her. Uh, I worry about her school days when I'm not with her and I'm delighted when she gets an invite out with friends, even if she's a second thought. Is this normal teenage behaviour? Are these normal anxious parent thoughts? Am I creating worrying scenarios in relation to her? Kind regards. Anonymous. Lots of questions. Yeah, it, it, this is, comes up all... I've never seen more of this than in the last year. So the, that age group of that 13 to 15, they are a kind of a bit of a lost generation when it comes to socialising. You know, this is one of the... It's a fallout, yes, from the COVID stuff where they kind of missed out on developmental milestones around mixing with others. But it's also perhaps a, a side effect of the the technology generation where everything is happening on digital platforms and so physical meetups aren't happening. And I really, I've banged this drum so much. We need to create opportunities for this age group to mix and be together because going to the structured activity, whether it's sports or whatever. There's no you, time for, no for, time for that. I, I, you I, arrive, you do the training, you're I, gone. I coach yeah. 14s. They come yeah. for five minutes, they're messing yes. around. Right, lads, listen up drills. Yeah, that, that, yeah. And then they're gone home. So that's not a social activity. The school stuff, you go in, you go home, you know, and it's so many, it's young boys and girls saying, 
I see my friends in school, but I don't see them outside. The ability to be able to, and, and they're past the age where parents can dictate play, like, dates, play dates and yes, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have the skill set to manage it. So this girl's not on her own. So is it normal? No, it wouldn't have been three years ago. Is it normative now? Is this a real struggle? Yes, it is. So I think we need to, as a collective, kind of have how, opportunities. How, how do we do that? I think as the adults in the room, we need to kind of set up opportunities. I'd love to see the youth club come back. I'd right, love to yeah. see the, the opportunity. Now, Feroiga is still going. So there are, <clears throat> yeah. Again, are you going to get the numbers? You know, yeah, and, and again, yeah. I think from the point of view, every little community, you see all these things, like there's some great things going on about you know, walking groups around GA pitches at night and all this sort of stuff. But for that age group, not so much. And if you're not doing the ballet or the guitar lessons, whatever the case would be, you're online. And, and I oftentimes think we're, we're kind of driving young people online because it's the only place they have to hang out because we don't provide it. And the other thing is groups of teenagers hanging around on a green, which was where I would have learned how to socialise. We kind of assume they're up to no good or that just doesn't happen. So we as a community need to facilitate some mm. spaces and we need to set it up and step back. Because too much of their activities are adult-led. You know, when adults come in, the fun goes down. So <laughs> there is a sense of us having to set something up and step back. But for this person, it is... I, I'd reassure her that the kind of best friend dynamic is, te- is waning now anyway. So generally that div- kind of dilutes around second year, third year anyway. So it's much more about the group. So her thinking about that might be a bit more primary school orientated. The second bit is, if she can't find the tribe in school, she has to find it elsewhere. Mm, so have a where? look yeah. at the kind of... Again, the extracurriculars, but is there cousins or is there somebody that she could relate to? The most important thing here is that every time this, these children have knockbacks or they're, they invite someone over and it doesn't get reciprocated, they don't get invited back. There's almost like a seeping of their self-worth. Yes. You know? So what you have to do... And they're less likely then to engage. Yeah, and, and it's it, one of the things as a parent so frustrating, you can't control friendships. You can't control... You know, we can try and influence them a little bit having words with other parents etc you can't control it so what you can control is the supply of self-worth going to the child and I would be you know trying to keep that as much what I would say is I think as in secondary school we kind of dread secondary school I've noticed that from my own lad he's grown in himself since he went to secondary school there's a bit of the anonymity of it and you know, that can suit young people it's not always a bad transition the transition to secondary school can sometimes have kids come out of themselves mm-hmm. a little bit so it wouldn't be feeling that as always having the doom that some people might think but again it is about trying to keep the self-esteem going in whatever way you can you can influence and try and encourage and you can try and support as much as you can but there is a limit here there's a limit to what parents can do I would say hopefully as they get older, they'll try and f- they'll find their tribe much more naturally. But I do think that I, I really do worry about that generation. Right. I really think they've missed a step in the social development piece. So they need a helping hand. Yeah. And I think as communities, I mean, it's, you know, oftentimes we if we leave it to everyone else all the time, nothing gets done. You know, maybe it's about having a chat with and there is going to be other parents who are in the same boat here yeah. who say they never see anyone else. They never meet up. They never catch up. Is there it's a, mad to think, you know, because just for like ridiculous, to it, and I'm, you know, of a certain age, but like we did disco every every week in the local hall. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But and, and that was we we met with young people. Said, "What would you want?" You said, "Want somewhere where you can hang out, a, yeah. a kind of a, a festival, a music festival that we could go to, that we could all be together, or something like the youth club thing, or somewhere we could go, even play pool or play yeah, darts yeah, or something yeah. along those lines." That really and they had, don't exist anymore, do they not? In r- tiny, tiny pockets. Right, you okay. know, and, and oftentimes when I bring this up, there'll be one or two people who'll say, we have one in our community. Yes, yeah. But by no means is it 
Well, definitely not in the city. No, you know, and very, the urban very, things, very few you know, them, yeah. and we assume that urban kids have access to all these things, but they actually need scaffolding to be able to engage and use yeah. those facilities. It's fine living next to a cinema, but you won't be able to go there with your pals yeah, and have yeah. that thing. But I do think, and again, I would say schools, parents, communities, we have an opportunity here to kind of address a need because that's going to follow them. You know, the, if you miss out on those steps at 13, 14, 15, they're not going to magically improve at 17, you know. So I, I think there's a responsibility, to be honest. I feel yeah. passionately about it to try and do something to offer them some space. Um, it's, a big, it's a big job of work, isn't it? it and it is, you know, and again, when I talk to people about this, they, they run into the blocks of children's insurance and all this sort of yes, stuff. Yeah. And sometimes uh, child <laughs> protection kind of gets in the way of child well-being you know what I mean yeah, in terms yeah. of sometimes it, the, the, the bureaucracy of things can make it really difficult I, know, I suppose there's some consolation for this woman in that she's not on her own or her daughter not. aren't on her own that this is uh, common yeah uh, again I, 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 there's not a, an answer but maybe don't feel I isolated the dear child something wrong with them. there's lots of children who are struggling who are nice kids good kids social kids mm. who are just not able to find that link. what about your experience because we won't have time to do another mm. one so we, we, we'll stay with this the, the, the other side of secondary school that you know I hear and you read a lot about people who find their tribe when they go into third level be- yeah. be- because if you're into a certain thing and it's very narrow you're unlikely to have friends but then when you get to university you're with like-minded people mm. yeah and no, I mean the, the idea of your tribal location is much more likely when you're it's choice driven yes, yes do you know another thing and I, I, I was Never a fan of it growing up myself. A transition year seems to do a lovely job of that. You rejig things, you move out of groups, you put people in groups that they normally wouldn't be. Just the way that curriculum allows for a lot of hanging out. And she, this this girl hasn't done transition no, year yet. No, and I would be hopeful that that would do that. Yeah. But wouldn't it be lovely to have a kind of a transition year model in first year, you know, where we emphasise on that social connection because we see these kids are struggling to... Like, in, in third level, we had to have a kind of facilitating friendships for first years the last two years right. from young people coming from sixth year because what the, the, we were saying after COVID was loneliness was right. a big issue okay. in third level. So we may need to put these things in place to support... So they, as it, you say, the scaffolding, you put the scaffolding the, in place. The appetite for social connection is there. The ability to do it is just what they need some help with. Okay. Uh, Coleman, thanks so much. That's uh, Dr. Coleman Nocter, Child and Adolescent Psychotherapist. And you can read that article uh, on dyslexia in the Examiner today. Thanks very much, Coleman.